My name is David Rappaport, and I was the casting director for Gossip Girl. Welcome back, listeners, to your one and only source into all things Gossip Girl. You know you'll love it. XOXO. Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of XOXO. I'm Jessica Zor, and today we are lucky to have the guy who helped bring our whole rock star cast together, the amazing casting director, David Rappaport. He's the reason we have Blake Lively as Serena, Leighton Meester for Blair, Chase Crawford for Nate Archibald, and so many other characters that you know and love. So David is an absolute superstar in the industry, you guys. If you don't know that, you are going to hear just how phenomenal he is. He has cast pretty much every major show on the CW, like Gossip Girl, Riverdale, The Flash, 90210. He also did The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and the insanely popular series, You, starring Gossip Girl's very own, Penn Badgley. His credits just go on and on, and you'll hear in this conversation just how thoughtful and how real and how kind he is. He gets the best out of people, and he really cares about putting these groups together. And I think that's why he is just so brilliant at it. I know you guys are going to love this conversation and learn as much as I did, so I won't make you wait any longer. Here he is, David Rappaport. Hi, Jessica. Oh my goodness. How it's are so you? It's so good to see you. you I'm too. great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. This is like so time appropriate, like through microphones and a screen, two different places. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and you're in Calgary right now? I am. Yeah. My boyfriend plays oh, for great. the Flames. So we're up here and I thought this nice. would be a fun project to work on. And you have a daughter too, right? Yes. Like, congratulations. Little, That's my so little exciting. Bowie. Thank you. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, you look great. <laughs> so do you. I'm always so like intimidated by you. You're so beautiful. You're so, so sweet. And thank you for having me on this. It's, it means so much to me because uh, this is such a special show, obviously. I mean, to so many people, not just the cast, but the fans across the world. Um, let's just start off. You're, you're from Boston. Yes, I'm from Boston. And t- just tell me a little bit about yourself so that the fans listening, I know all of this, but just so you guys have a little background on our man. So I am, uh, I'm a casting director and I started off about 20 years ago now, if you can believe it, as a casting intern. And in casting, you go from intern to assistant to associate to casting director. And I was, uh, I was working as an intern and an assistant and an associate to Mally Finn, who was one of the biggest casting directors of her time. She Huge. did Titanic, The Matrix, Eight Mile. <laughs> bunch of things like that, just to name a few. But she, uh, what she was really known for in the community and in the industry was for doing big searches. And in her time, she did a lot of searches for young kids like Brad Renfro and The Client and uh, The Boy in Terminator 2 and a lot of like youth searches. And so I learned all of that from her. And can I ask this? How did you meet her? Like, how did that introduction happen? Um, She... I met her through an internship I was doing uh, with Emerson College. It was an internship for credit, and she was the coolest, most grounded uh, woman. She, when I met her, the day that I met her, she was sitting on the floor in sweatpants going through headshots. I thought she was an intern, too. I didn't really know. like She right, had right. no air or ego about her. Um, and she just, she loved actors. She loved actors, and she instilled that in me, and she she loved the search. And 
Gossip Girl was the first show that I booked as a casting director outside of Maui. So um, I, I really learned everything from her. And she was a, a high school theater teacher before that. She came to Hollywood and, and had her own experience, you know, becoming a successful casting director. For sure. I mean, yeah, I, when you say that name, it brings me like, ooh, because she was just, she's <laughs> a legend. And also had something to do with you becoming a legend to so many people and actors and, and us. So Thank you. that's just like awesome all the way around. Um, when you were going to school, it, do you go to school to be a casting director? I know that might be a silly question, but for, for anyone listening that maybe wants to get into that, what, what did you study? I can tell you my whole the whole backstory. Um, so I was a, a generalist at Emerson College, which basically was film, TV, radio, and at that time the internet, which was called new media because it was new to everybody. Right, right. I'm aging myself a little bit here, but um, they did not have any sort of casting major at school. They didn't have any casting classes. I really didn't know what casting was, and I sort of fell into it. To be honest, I was a little bit lost in college. All the kids at my school were very, very focused. They were either going to be actors, directors, cinematographers, what have you. And I just knew I wanted to be in LA. I wanted to be in Hollywood. I wanted to be on a set. I wanted to be a part of production, but I didn't really know how um, or what I wanted to do. And I, I luckily got an internship with a guy named Kevin Fennessy who did local casting in Boston. And I sort of fell in love with the process of casting. You get to meet so many people. You get to interview people, all different kinds of people. And you're in the beginning stages of bringing a story to life. You're reading the script, getting all the information and like really putting the puzzle pieces together. You know, that's a big part of it because the oh, words sure. on the page are one thing. And then there's so many different pieces. The studio has their vision of the characters. And then, you know, as an actor coming in, I feel a certain way of how I need to read Vanessa, but how you see it and yep. how the head of Warner Brothers sees it, it, you know. And a casting director really has to put on their studio hat, their their actor hat, their producer well, yeah, hat. Yeah, because you also kind of... need to help direct the actors in the room if we're a little off. Or, hey, I'm just going to let you know, Jess, like, the studio's really looking for this. And you're bringing this out of the character, but can you add that? Exactly. And sometimes, we, to be honest, you know, we're casting, we're doing auditions because we don't know what we're looking for. You know, there's something on the page that says we're looking for... Serena Vanderwoodson, she's blonde, she's 20, she's, that, that's it. We get a breakdown from the producers, we get a script, I have an idea in my head, they have an idea in their heads. Right. My job really is to um, be the liaison between the studio producers, agents, managers, actors, and kind of oversee the whole process that ends up getting us all on the same page and finding that one perfect actor that everyone thinks, oh, I couldn't think of anyone else for that role except for Blake Lively, let's say. With Gossip Girl, was there when you got mm -hmm. the character breakdowns for Nate Archibald, Chuck Bass, Jenny Humphrey, Dan Humphrey, yes. Serena Vanderwoodson, Blair Waldorf, for any of those, did you right away are like, I know who this person is? No, not at all. The only person I thought of initially was Blake for Serena, and she was the only person I thought of for Serena. Much like an actor, I went in for a meeting on Gossip Girl, and I met with Josh and Stephanie, the creators. I, I went in with a book of pictures, and I, I did come up with ideas. I said, this is who I sort of picture for Blair and for Nate and for Chuck. I don't know that there was anyone that was in that book that ended up being cast with the exception of Blake as Serena. She really was the only one I thought of. She was kind of, at that time, the ultimate kind of it girl. It was her right. essence, her presence, her look, her vibe, her acting ability, what have you. And to me, she just matched the character so perfectly. I mean, she knocked it out of the park, too. Oh, she did. She did. And she became this movie star. She just, you know, Absolutely. she was she was perfect for it. And didn't um, didn't Layton audition mm -hmm. for Serena 
And then someone realized, no, you're definitely the Blair. You know what? I don't remember that specifically. I, I definitely remember. I, I read with her um, for Blair. And I think if you YouTube, some of the auditions got online. I don't know how they did, but you can hear my voice, I think, reading with her, which is kind of funny. I mean, her too. She's just phenomenal. Oh, she was great. She was great. And she walks into the room and she just has such a presence and is such a star. And that was such an exciting find for us. Um, I don't think I knew Leighton before that. She wasn't in my book that I presented to Josh and Stephanie. So I was really excited to discover her in a way. She had worked before, but discover her for this role, I guess. Yes. And she just, um, I mean, Blair is such, I mean, like when you think of Gossip Girl, I see Blair's headband. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's iconic. I mean, everyone brought such a good layer and color to the show for sure. But Blair and Chuck were just so, their their characters were so like, wait, what? That I just feel like they brought a little extra spice. And that's a surprise. I mean, you sort of hope for that, but you never really know if that's going to happen. And that's something that they had that immediate chemistry and that exploded on set and with the writers and what have you who ended up writing more for them. And that was exciting. And they were kind of like, I always said, like our Rachel and Ross, like you, you at first yes. didn't know about it. I just rewatched a bit of the mm -hmm. show. And at first I'm like, wait, I didn't remember this was the episode that they slept together in. And right, right. then it keeps, you know, and, and you didn't really know where it was going to go. Obviously it was so early on, but then as it does, you die for them to be together. And it's a real testament to Ed and Leighton as actors because their characters are are not necessarily the most likable people. They're, they do some really nasty things, but you feel for them. You're right. There was a lot of things with Chuck and Blair where you're like, oh, really? That's nasty. But the right, way right. they played it, they kept pulling you in. It's like Frank from Shameless. You're like, you're an alcoholic, horrible dad. But yeah. the way he played the character, you like root for him. And that's a real testament to the actors. Absolutely. Talking about that. Chuck Bass is such uh, so many people's favorite. How was that casting process? Because he has a crazy thick British accent. He yes. was like living <laughs> in England at the time. And I just think even like he has such a unique, cool look. Oh, he was, I'll, I'll tell you, he was the only one we considered. He initially read for Nate, but there was something a little bit more dark and mischievous about him, I think, just off the page. Well, Chuck Bass, or like Chuck Bass is edgy. Nate is yes, like not exactly. edgy. <laughs> no, exactly. And we brought him in for uh, for Chuck and it was like, oh, that's a no-brainer. There's no one that we need to test him opposite. Like he just embodies that character. Did he come in with his accent or did he come in with an American accent? He did both. He did both. And I remember discussing it, but I know they wanted to keep it American because things were different back in the day and it was... You know, it, they they wanted them all to have, you know, to sound similar. Right. Um, and to have a similar upbringing. That's also like a whole nother thing you have to add of like, why is Chuck Bass have an accent and live on the Upper East Side? Exactly. I guess you could do it in one scene or one episode, but it is a whole nother layer. And they didn't want to do that for whatever reason. Right. But, um, but he actually, so Ed coming from London didn't have a visa to work in the States. And it his visa did not come through until I think the, either the day before or the day of his first day of filming on set. And so the studio said to us, understandably, we need to look for a backup or recast this role because if the visa does not come through in time, you cannot shoot him. Yo, I, that's like visa stuff is a very serious thing and I get that, but let's be honest. <laughs> no one else was going to play Chuck Bass like Ed Westwick did. No, there was no way. And Josh and Stephanie would, to their credit, would not even look at other tapes that I was sending them. And I would say to them, you guys, like, my job was on the line. We have to recast <laughs> this role because if he's not on, like, we are not legally allowed to use him. 
And they would not watch the tapes in the studio and network are checking in with me saying like, who do we have? Who are we going to test? And I was like, I don't, I don't have anyone. Like they won't respond to right. me. And luckily they, they stuck it through and, and Ed's visa came through and he was available. And I mean, I, I could not imagine anyone in that role. No. Besides I him. don't think anyone yeah. who liked the show, watched the show, is a fan of the show. I, I think they'd all agree with us. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I'm curious, you know, having watched the show and been a fan and then joining it, like, what was that like for you? So when I, do you know my casting experience or what happened? Yes, a little bit with the the barbecue. Yeah. So my friend Nathaniel and Adam were going to a barbecue. I end up going with them. I was kind of in a weird funk of wanting to move home. I was just kind of over LA and I hadn't booked mm-hmm. something in a minute and I kind of felt like everyone was using people or always wanting to know what did you do or what could you do for me? And being from the sure. Midwest, I was just kind of like, oh, I don't like how this feels. So I was mm-hmm. ready to like go. And and here's the thing. This is also a good lesson that I learned in life. When it gets hard, the easiest thing is to be like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I ended up sticking it out. But this was at the time where I was within those couple weeks going to move home. They pick me up. Mm-hmm. We go to this barbecue and we were just eating and talking and hanging. And then a couple days later, my manager called and said, what, what did you do this weekend? And I said, I was at a barbecue. <laughs> I went to a movie. And I said, um, why? What's up? And she said, well, this pilot that is going to launch or you know, get ready to air on the CW, mm-hmm. there's a couple episodes, like three or four episodes that they want to see you for. Wow. She's like, you were at the creator of The OC and, and Gossip Girl. And yeah. I'm like, wow. And I thought it was kind of wild that the entire time we were at that barbecue, nothing came up about it. Um, which is also kind of gangster too. You know what I mean? Uh, Of Josh and Stephanie. So I auditioned. I felt like it went pretty well. They called back and said, actually, you know, they're going to go with someone that they have in New York right now because it was starting to film like that week, like that or that next week. It was a real quick like turnaround. And I said, well, can you get notes? I would like to learn because if it doesn't go well for me in an audition, I want to know the notes so that I can bring it to the next one. And she said, they actually didn't have notes on your read. They kind of feel like you looked a little bit similar to the girl's cast. So I looked up Blake. I looked up Leighton and I looked up Taylor. And I'm like, we don't look anything alike. You know, I have a mixed background. So I said to my manager, if that's true, if that's really what the note was, then send pictures of my hair curly. My hair was straight, no makeup at the barbecue. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then they saw it. I got it, went and did the three to four episodes. And then Mm -hmm. shortly after that, they asked me to be a series regular. So that barbecue really changed my life. (laughs) Good thing you went to that barbecue. Oh my God. And I remember being like, barbecues in LA get on my nerves sometimes. Everyone's just talking about themselves and what they do. (laughs) And it ended up being a really fun one with very nice, genuine people. And yeah. And that, yeah, it changed my life. So it's funny. I'm interested. Wow. I always like when I hear Josh's side of it because he's like, I just opened the door and you were standing between these two guys. And I'm like, that's Vanessa. I'm like, really? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Look, I always tell actors too, and in terms of auditions, like you're never auditioning for the, the role at hand. You're not always auditioning for the role at hand, I should say. Right. Because if you're meeting a casting director or producers, likely they're doing so many other projects and so many other things are coming up that you they'll keep you in mind for other stuff. And for me specifically, I met with Warner Brothers two years before Gossip Girl was ever a thing. And I had one of the best meetings of my entire career. And I was like, oh my God, they're going to hire me. I'm going to cast all their pilots. I didn't hear from them for two years, but they remembered <laughs> me. And the first call they called me on was Gossip Girl. So, you know, it's it's worth putting yourself out there and going out and meeting people and 
and auditioning and what have you. You were probably shocked to get that call two years later. I thought they forgot about me. I mean, I was shocked that they didn't hire me two years before, but that I was even more shocked that they called me two years later. So, and that's, I, there are some actors I've been reading for years that I will, you know, I'll read them when they're in their teens and then hire them in their twenties. And it's, that's just how it works. It's, it's a, a business that just hopefully we're in it all together. We're rooting for each other for and hopefully sure. we'll all keep working together for a long time. And a big thing with casting, I I think, or like auditions, what, people have told me a, a lot throughout the years, is everyone's rooting for you. No one wants you to go in and mess up or not do well. Like, everyone no, wants absolutely. to see a performance that's good. And I think some yes. actors should, like, take that because I remember the first few times I heard that, I'm like, that's a good feeling. Not that I'm I'm thinking they want me to mess up, but it kind of, like, eases you to know, like, listen, everyone just wants to see something fun here. Just go in and have yes, fun. absolutely. Yeah. And I've said this before, but selfishly, and I'll admit it again, like, I actors make me look good. I want them to come in and do a good job so they answer the problem for me and for the producers. I'm like, oh my God, look how good I am. I brought in the most amazing actors and now we've cast this role in two weeks instead of 10. We really do want you to do well. <laughs> I just remember the first time someone told me that. I'm like, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But So out of, for the pilot, you guys cast Serena first? I think we actually cast Taylor first, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah. Because that that's also a thing. This was, like, shocking to me years ago when I found this out. Sometimes, too, when they cast one person, they kind of cast around so that not everyone looks yes. super similar. Or the height with everyone is not, you know, so someone's not so much shorter or taller. I don't know if that's still exactly. a thing anymore. But that definitely was when I first moved to L.A. Because sometimes they'd oh, be yeah. like, you kind of look too much like, you know, there's another girl with brown hair and green eyes. And I'm like, okay, I'm probably not getting the role then <laughs> to play her friend. We cast Blake before we cast Leighton, and Leighton had blonde hair at the time. So it's funny that you told me that hair story because so much about Blake being cast and Leighton being cast was about their hair or hairstyles because Blake's hair was kind of wavy. And um, some people said, you know, we don't see Blake Lively as an Upper East Side uh, Manhattan girl because she has this sort of wavy hair. And so we had to do a whole screen test with her with very straight hair so she could look a little bit more like people assumed an Upper East Side girl would look like. And then it's funny because then she ends up having becoming famous for her wavy her wavy locks. <laughs> it's like you know? a staple. And Blake's hair is like everyone's yes. dream. They're like, how did she dream. do it? Where did you get like they love yeah. it? That's that's funny. It, it was crazy. And uh and Leighton was blonde. I forgot that Leighton was blonde. Like I, you know, I still don't picture her that way. We had to do a screen test with her just to see her hair dye to see how it looked. Right. It's funny because I think some people are able to envision that and some people weren't. And Josh Schwartz, you know, was the one who really stood up and said, I have no issue seeing Blake as a, a New York girl. He's like, I, you know, he had just cast Misha Barton on the OC. Misha's from the Upper East Side, but he cast her as a sunny California girl. And it's TV and people believed it and they costumed her the right way. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it, sometimes it takes doing those screen tests to prove what you see or feel in your heart, your gut to executives sometimes. Right, for sure. I, I mean, it's so fascinating that something like hair, even though it's a big deal, but you wouldn't think oh, yeah. it's like changing cast or not going to give a role to someone or not do that, you know? And then another interesting casting story is Jennifer Lawrence auditioned for Serena Vanderwitzen, correct? Yes, which is wild to me. I mean, there was, I go back and there were so many people that had auditioned for, for that. And when I think about, which is actually kind of funny too, we did the Gossip Girl spinoff pilot that starred- uh, Britney Snow. Brittany Snow yeah. and Kristen Ritter. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember for that, uh, Dakota Johnson came in and Rooney Mara and a lot of other women who are now like kind of big names. 
but at the time didn't have that kind of stature. And you know who did the best read for that? I'll tell you, because I think you're friends with Nina Dobrev. Yeah. That was one of the best auditions I had ever seen and for that role specifically. And I remember calling the CW because this was before the I think she booked Vampire for the spinoff. Right. I think she had booked Vampire Diaries that year. I called them and said, look, I just read this girl. She is a oh superstar. Oh my God, I got goosebumps for she, my best friend. Aww, yeah, she you go, does Nina. not look like Kelly Rutherford because she was supposed to be a young Kelly Rutherford. So I don't know how we would cast her, but you like, you, she needs to be on your radar. You guys need to find something for her. And I just remember thinking, I'm going to like think about this girl in a couple of years and be like, oh God, I missed that opportunity. She was so incredible. Right. But those are the auditions that stick with you. And had she not booked Vampire Diaries, I would have brought her in for the next thing. Right. And then and then that's, again, how sometimes, you know, she probably as an actor was like bummed that it didn't go further because that happens. And I, I remember yeah. my mom being like, when one door closes, another one opens. I'm like, okay, mom, you have to tell me that because you're my mother. <laughs> right, I'm right. super irritated exactly. that I didn't get it. But exactly. a lot of times things like that in life do happen like that. And with Nina, yeah. I mean, Vampire Diaries changed her life. And she got to go and it play three different that. roles. Right. Yep. But that's awesome to hear. Just because she didn't look like Kelly Rutherford, right? you know? <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. It's wild. And how about that with like Kelly and any of the parents? Like who was the first? Or did you guys obviously have to go off of getting Serena to match what her mom would I look th- like? Yeah, we had to do Serena to match the mom. And, and Kelly, I remember, came into audition and she had her baby like she came in with the stroller and oh. I think like one of my assistants like held the baby in the yeah. other room while she was auditioning. And and that's like, it's hard to audition. I can't imagine how actors do it. Like they're just, you have to drive all over town and be available and memorize, you know, 15 pages of sides <laughs> when you have a young child. It's, it's a wild that's job. Whole thing. It's, it's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. And there was like um article I read about you just singing your praises. And it was saying that you also had someone else in mind for Dan Humphrey. Which is funny because then when you think about it, you're like, no one else is Dan Humphrey but Penn. But can you tell us that story? Yeah, absolutely. I was obsessed with this kid, Alden Einreich, who a lot of you probably know from the Star Wars movies now. He was at, oh God, what's the school over here? He was at one of those schools in LA. And I think I had um, seen him in a play or something. And I remember I really desperately wanted him to come in for this role. And he actually passed on it. Because his parents said, we want him to go to college and we don't want him to do TV. We want him to do movies, if anything. Mm-hmm. And I called his mom and spent an hour on the phone with his mom. And I said, look, I think Blake had just put one of those big schools on hold. And I said, look, this is an opportunity as an actor to learn with other amazing actors right. in New York. Please give him this opportunity. Please let him come in. I was talking to her about myself, about Josh Schwartz, about Warner Brothers just making her right. you know, feel safe and what have you. And I went through this whole thing to get Alden to come in. And he came in, he did a phenomenal, phenomenal audition. I, th- I thought he was such a star. And the producers, rightfully so, just said, he's too short for Blake. Like, he could maybe play the brother, right. but I don't see him being the love interest. See, we go back to, now it's a height thing. <laughs> yeah, it was literally the height. It was just, he, he just feels too short. He could maybe play her brother. But we had to cast uh, locally in New York for the brother. So Alden went off and did his, you know, had his amazing career. And Penn... Penn, I think, literally came in like the last week before before we started shooting. So was he the last one of the- Penn was the last one to be cast, yeah, as far as I remember. Okay. Of the series regulars, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was so easy. He was just Penn, you know? Like he's he just, really there was such is. a he always, even coolness about him. and Very cool. So sweet. Yeah. And he always like, because I had a majority of my scenes were with him. He yeah. just always seemed so like effortless in doing it. And he had a lot of- lot of dialogue, a lot of, you know, he was always mm-hmm. <laughs> rambling is what we always said Dan was doing. <laughs> yeah. And he always yeah. just had a lot to say. And he would just say it. Sometimes I'd be done with the scene and I'm like, I don't know how you just did that because it was just a lot <laughs> yeah. of words and you made it 
Sounds so easy and so nice and just so natural. He's like a great, again, everyone really is just, they all brought such a cool vibe to their characters. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny because I think when he auditioned, he had, uh, if if we're talking about hair again. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go back to it. He had the hair that he has now on you, which is kind of like like bigger and and fuller. And when I saw the pilot, because I wasn't on set when they shot it, and I'm like, oh my God, what did they do to his hair? Because it was really, really short. He looked amazing, but it just looks so different. So it's funny to kind of see, um, you know, again, with the hair, how they they changed that for the pilot as well. So For sure. It's uh, not all casting decisions are about hair, but it just happened to be. for sure. (laughs) Um, but also too, he, he's like such a good looking guy. Like he pulled Mm -hmm. off both very well. Like when I watch you, I'm like, well, okay, you look great. And that buzz cut, I'm like, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Super hot. Super hot. (laughs) Why do you think, and not just because you cast everyone because that's a part of it. But why do you think the cast had such good chemistry? Because you cast a bunch of young adults that do a Mm -hmm. pilot in New York City, don't know each other at all, and a lot of people's first big job, is that just, they were just that good of actors that they're like, we're just going to bring our A game and kill it? Or, and by the way, I know all of, you know, I worked with all of them. Everyone is super nice and have great personalities offset. Um, But Mm -hmm. what do you think was the key to that? I think, um, you know, look, I not to pat ourselves on the back, but I think we did do a good job of kind of matching the essence of the character to the person in some ways. And they were, not not to say that these people were their characters, they were obviously all playing right. roles and what have you, but the essence of them was there. And I think they, you know, it's it's one of those things that you hope for in every show that you cast. I'll be honest with you, you know, you when you make a pilot, you usually audition actors with maybe two or three scenes at most, two or three scenes from the pilot. You don't necessarily know what they're going to do in series or what's expected of them. And so you really kind of hope for the best. And I, you know, we, we got lucky. We got very lucky. Right. That was a question I wanted to ask you. When you are reading a pilot or a movie, what do you look mm-hmm. for in the scenes that you're going to audition the actors? Because here's a big thing. You're getting ready to sign on some actors to play these roles that potentially at the time you don't know, but could go on for four, five, six years. So these are going to be characters that are going to live in people's living rooms, be on people's computer screens. And you you narrow it down to three scenes of like a hundred scenes, these people, thousands of scenes they could be doing. You know what I mean? So what do you pick for these actors to come in and audition? Because you're picking three scenes, like I said, to deliver years of, of entertainment to people. Exactly. Well, you're really looking for the range of an actor. You're looking for different colors throughout the pilot to show as much as you can from that character. And it really, the the casting process is a process. Like we bring in people up to five, six, seven, eight times um, over the period of 10 weeks, audition them on their own, audition them with other actors to kind of test chemistry. So you're really trying to gauge as best you can if they are going to, if they are it, if they're the right fit, if they're going to last the five, six years, it's, you know, it's kind of like getting married. I say sometimes like there's no way to know when you first meet someone, if you are going to have a lifelong commitment with that person, that's the intention, I guess, as is the intention to cast a pilot that you'll have these people on for six years, but there's really no way to know. And sometimes you get lucky and sometimes it doesn't work. Right. And then, so for, um, for the pilot, did you guys have any chemistry reads? Like at that point, you guys weren't aware that Chuck and Blair were going to be this major arc throughout the show. Serena and Dan also are, but they also, there was the chemistry and the vibe in the pilot. So did they have a chemistry read? 
as far as I remember, and I could be wrong, but as far as I remember, nobody had a chemistry read. I want to say maybe Blake and Layton did one scene together, um, but none of the guys and the girls had chemistry reads together. I think we got really lucky with those. That also might be because they knew that everyone was going to be all over on the show. So they're like, everyone just has to have oh, yeah. chemistry, period. Basically. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Let me ask you this. When did you know that show was going to be a hit or what happened that you're like, oh, this is this is it? That's a good question. So when I got offered Gossip Girl, I was also offered a show on another major network. It was a much bigger network at the time. And they told me I had to choose between the show they offered me and Gossip Girl. And I just thought the Gossip Girl script was incredible. I just thought it was so um, zeitgeisty and poppy and it was something I would want to watch. And so essentially for my first big job, I was passing on a huge studio to do what at the time was a very small network and a smaller show. And see, a lot of people would be like, oh my God, that's such a risk, such a risk. But everyone that's listening, guys, sometimes taking those risks are all <laughs> what it's about. It made my whole career. Were you scared? I was terrified. And that studio told me that never they would work. never work with me again. <laughs> and they and they haven't worked with me again. Right. Since. Well, I think you're, I think you're just fine. I've continued to work, you know? And I, I made a, a home at CW and so many other places since then. But um, Well, you have, but with CW, then you did Arrow, the new 90210. I mean, the list goes on and on. Riverdale. I mean, you just... But here's the yeah. thing. Everyone there is like, listen, he, he took what we gave him. He put it mm-hmm. on his own little twist, was great with mm-hmm. the actors, helped in the room. You just did a lot to help them make a bunch of shows that were hits for them. That's got to feel pretty damn good. Yeah, it feels great. It feels great. I mean, my favorite part of of casting, I really miss now because of self-tapes. It's working in the room with the actor mm-hmm. and directing them and helping them kind of build a performance and giving them confidence and then go in for director and producers. And so that part I miss. But yeah, I, I love working on, on shows that are part of pop culture. I love reading about them in magazines. And and the way that Gossip Girl specifically exploded was that was overwhelming. I, I had no concept that it was going to be as big as it was. And I don't think I really had a hit like that again, probably until Riverdale, you know, which was uh, Greg Berlanti's show. Right. And Greg has given me so many incredible opportunities on CW and, and outside of CW um, with all the superhero shows like Arrow and Flash and Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow and You, which is on Netflix with Penn Badgley, which I think was the next show yeah, he did after um, after Gossip Girl. So it's, you know, keeping it all in the family is is really exciting. Totally. So you decided not to take the other job with the big studio that was bigger than yeah. CW at the time because you just felt you just, the, the words on the page made you have a certain vibe and feel and you're like, I'm going to just go for this. Correct. I had a feeling it would be something special. I didn't know that it would be big, but I knew that it would be special. Right. And then it was both. And it was both, Yeah. <laughs> I also find it, there's some things when I watch this show that there was just some really good performances. I told some of my producers, like, I'm a little like shocked that no one got nominated for like, I know we got a lot of teen choice things and stuff like that. Yes. But a Golden Globe or an Emmy, like there were some performances, some of the seasons that I truly think deserved a little more light on it. But at that time, CW, even though they had hit shows and people, so many millions of viewers were tuning in, CW wasn't getting nominated. No. And they're still not in in some ways. I I feel like on some shows they are, but I feel like, um, you know, it's looked at as sort of like a youth network. But I I really am so impressed with so many of the performances on that show specifically and so many of the ones in the shows that I'm working on now. And it's it seems unfortunate, unfair that they get looked over because the material is pretty, pretty heavy. It's pretty deep. Yeah. I mean, some of the things that we touch on in Gossip Girl, like addiction and 
mm-hmm. you know, suicide and, you know, divorces with family, a lot of deep stuff, which I oh, think maybe absolutely. you don't, yeah, maybe then, you know, on the CW and it's teenagers, you know, you just, oh, it was overlooked, but I did, I watched a couple yeah. episodes and I'm like, wow, that's like a scene that's definitely, I could see watching the Golden Globes and that be one of the scenes that that person's yeah. nominated for. Um, yeah, was it Jane, sure. Jane the Virgin was, was that, I feel like that I was, think that was their first, first one. Yeah. One. Gina Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah. And that was phenomenal too. And I was pumped for her. I'm like, you go. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, we were nominated for a Ardios award, which is like the biggest casting award that year for Gossip Girl. And that was the first time I was nominated for an Ardios. And we were up against Mad Men and Damages and a couple other shows. And we didn't win, but I felt so proud to be amongst that group of people and to be recognized for the work that we did. Because again, a lot of CW shows were not getting recognized like that. And this was a really, you know, for that time, it was a very special, specific kind of cast. And it was it was really nice to be included. Well, I guess we know that I clearly loved everyone that you picked for the show. And I think everyone across the world who watched the show would agree. Um, Mm. I'm going to play one game with you. I love games and it's, it's a quote okay. game. So I'm going to do some quotes. Oh no, I'm scared. Okay. <laughs> I'll Listen, do my best. There was some for some of the guests that are coming on in the next couple of weeks that I read that yeah. Vanessa said, and I didn't know. So you're fine. <laughs> okay. 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 Oh, all right. All yeah, right. Let's see. Okay. <clears throat> Has our bad girl really gone good? Oh, I mean, that's gossip girl. Has our bad girl really gone good? Yes. Yay. <laughs> Good job. Okay, I got one. Can we yes. end it now? I, I don't know what we're gonna do. <laughs> There's not many more. Better. Okay. okay, quote okay, okay. two. I think even you're underdoing it would be overdoing it. Blair? I thought that too. Quote two, please. Oh. I think even you're underdoing it would be overdoing it. Oh wow, Dan. Okay. <laughs> All Dan right. to Serena was about their um Christmas gifts. Oh, okay. 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 Quote three. If you're going to be in this world, be yourself in this world. Hmm. Who would have said that? Can you give me a hint? (laughs) Oh, you said it. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to be in this world, be yourself in this world. (laughs) And that's a really good quote. It is. It's good. Vanessa was very relatable. I mean, for that, the little small percentage of people that... One, live on the Upper East Side, and two, are in this world, yeah. that Gossip Girl, you know, the glitz and the glam and the money. I mean, Vanessa worked sure. at a coffee shop. Most kids aren't using a $3,500 handbag to go to school or driving no. a limo. or that. Not a lot of kids are experiencing that. So I do feel like Vanessa kind of yeah. kept, she grounded a little oh, bit of that sure. age, I think. Yeah. I for sure related to her character a lot because I didn't have all those things um, in high school and still don't. And there's something beautiful and fun about watching the fantasy of this this world full of money. But to be able to kind of see yourself in that world is super important. Right. Um, I agree. I'm so glad that she was there. Yeah, yeah. Vanessa. She's, she's such a little cutie. There's definitely things that got on yeah. my nerves, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Okay, let's yeah. do the next quote. Okay. Have a little faith. And if that doesn't work, have a lot of mimosas. Oh, um, oh God, this is so tough. <laughs> I want to say I'll go to Blair again. Okay, let's play. But I'm probably wrong. Have a little faith. And if that doesn't work, a lot of mimosas. <laughs> well done. You I got it. Recognize... It was Blair. Oh, it was Blair? I didn't yeah. recognize her voice. Yep. I was like, who was that? Was okay, Blair. good. Good job. All right, last one. 
Oh, few. Okay. People like me don't write books. They're written about. Oh, Chuck. People like me don't write books. They're written about. That was Chuck. You definitely heard that it. one. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you did really great. I was really nervous. Yeah, you. you did well. Um, well, it was really great to have you on. I'm a huge fan. Oh, I'm so honored to be here. Yeah. Thank you. And, Back at you. Thank you. And I'm really excited for everyone who will be listening to really know like all the hard work and how much you had to do with putting this together and what all goes into it because this is all a lot of stuff people don't know. Absolutely. Thank you for like bringing me back to Gossip Girl. It's been, you know, a while and it's it was a really really special time and it's obviously such an incredible project. You're awesome. This was like back so wonderful. Ah. Yeah. Well, I'm sending Congrats you air on hugs. This. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Okay. Same. Back well. to you. <laughs> Can you imagine if Ed's visa didn't come through or or if Penn backed out or if I moved back to Wisconsin when I said I was going to? I mean, I can't I can't even think about it, you guys. <laughs> so nuts. Casting is a lot of hard work that a lot of people put in, but it's also just a little bit of magic and luck that makes everything come together so perfectly. And David, you really made that magic happen on Gossip Girl. You really have a way of putting people at ease and being so great to talk to. So thank you for today. All right, guys, until next time, XOXO. XOXO is produced by Propagate Content and me, Jessica Zor. Our show is executive produced by Ling Lee. Our producers are Diego Tapia, Emily Carr, and Hannah Harris. Original music by Moxie and Loon. And the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky.